What up, though? For real, though? What's up, y'all? I'm at work, um, chilling, making up some lotion. is very deep, very spiritual, and you will feel that, you will hear that when he talks to you. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through the blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that's been holding you back, but you guys know I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitives and spirits. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I'm a founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, and that's MoniqueChapman.com, and I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe. My guest today, Luke Blue Eagle, started working with crystals at a young age. In 1979, after being contacted by his ancestors, he began a 25-year period of training in the indigenous healing arts with elders from several First Nations in Canada and in the United States, including William Kamanda of the Aquatuan Na- uh, Nation, Sun Bear of the Chicopee Nation, and Oshina Fast Wolf of the Apache Nation, and many others. He lives in the Quebec province of Canada, and you can check him out at his website. So I'm going to give you two. The first is Ancestral Wisdom Today, all one word, ancestralwisdomtoday.com. And then the second uh, site is blueeagleshop.com. And check him out while you're listening to the podcast. I know that you will love the blueeagleshop.com because he's offering his um, products there, and folks, they are strong. And then check out the wisdom on, uh, excuse me, ancestralwisdomtoday.com. Welcome, Luke Blue Eagle. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. Absolutely love the book that you wrote. There are so many um, books on crystals that are out, you know, in one sense they're a dime a dozen, but in another sense, yours is so different. Why did you decide to create a book for the masses that really embraces the energy of our forefathers? Uh, because of the needs we have today. We're in the changing of times right now. We're, we're moving very fast uh, through a evolutionary change on planet Earth. We're going to in a way, move forward and move backward at the same time. We're going to come back to a more simple way of living. And yet we're going to go to another stage of our evolution where there's going to be a lot of more what we call psychic powers. It's just natural that we grow a bit more uh, in our evolutionary path. And right now there's a lot of uh, forces out there that are trying to uh, uh, stop that process. And so uh, we can see that in the current world situation where there's a lot of persecution of everything spiritual. And, uh-huh. and uh, well, that's just transitory. It's going to pass like all the rest. Uh, we're going back to uh, to where, and so the um, 
the need for this uh, really arose really strongly at a certain point in my life. And so I asked my elders if I could do that. And they said, yeah, at this point in time, we can share. So normally, these teachings are not shared openly because they're very powerful. Uh, uh-huh. but, but since we need this at a high level to do a lot of healing today on many levels and for many different beings, and as they are very powerful vectors and vortexes of healing, uh, the permission was granted and I wrote uh, this book in French to begin with and uh, recently now with uh, Inner Traditions, that's a department of uh, Baron Company in, uh, in the States. So uh, we worked a long time on the book. It's a very good book, I think. And I have a few interviews about it since it came out. And I'm very happy to speak with you about it today because you seem to be a very nice person. Well, I'm buried, all right. <laughs> well, you know, you attack the book from two different vantage points. Um, you give a lot of history of um, the Native American teachings, and then you go into the crystals. So why was it so important for you to uh, share the information on the Native American teachings? Everything is about context. If you really want to, you know, we are multidimensional people, multidimensional beings. We exist on many different realms at the same time. We're not always conscious of that. But it's by, by putting in context that you, you start to uh, really fathom the deepness and the profoundness of the teachings. We compare the teachings to a multifaceted jewel, uh, you know, a multifaceted gemstone. You know, you have to hear the same teachings in many different lights and see it in different ways before you understand the whole of that because there's a lot of different facets to the teaching and one of the facets is understanding where it comes from uh, seeing as art history for example is very old much older than civilization which is only a recent occurrence in human history it's only 12,000 years old and our history goes back 127,500 years which is uh, you know, 10 times that um, uh, and that the, these teachings have been passed down from generation from generation to generation and you don't pass down something that doesn't work you pass down something that works so just that is a, is really a, a way of telling people and showing people well this is something that works you know you, you can work with this it's uh, it's valid information it's been proven through time it's been tested and proven to be efficient so that gives confidence to people and it gives context and you know because of our our minds are multifaceted also, you know, if you, the more information you get on the context surrounding any one subject, the more you can go deeply and profoundly into that, those teachings. Um, yes, you can. Could you talk to us a bit about the foundational American, Native American teachings like centering and the four grandfathers and the four directions? Because I'm, it wasn't exactly new to me, but I hadn't quite put it together in the context that you did in my mind. Well, you just mentioned things that would take about three weeks to, to describe. Just give us a quick overview. Caps of you. I'd love to talk to you for three weeks, but I don't know. I don't we have to bring it down a bit. Um, okay. Uh, what, what, uh, let, let's speak about centering. Now, now, centering okay. is um, it's very important to, to understand that, for example, you know, we come from a more um, physical or scientific viewpoint. We have two hemispheres to the brain, and they're oriented in a very specific way. Our left a hemisphere is the more um, logical uh, aspect, you know, it's linear thought. It, it wants to describe everything and understand everything and have a lot of logic and, uh, you know, it's the memory bank and all that type of uh, Cartesian thinking, you know. And uh, the right hemisphere, well, that's the more intuitive aspect of ourselves. That's the one that goes into art, goes into music, uh, wants to understand through feelings and fantasy and, and so But to have a clear understanding of reality, these two hemispheres of the brain have to work together. You know, they have to be centered, they have to be synchronized. So one of the first things we do, one of the first teachings we give, is how do you synchronize the two hemispheres of your brain so that you have a very Uh, complete and holistic picture of the person that you want to help. 
That's very, very important. Because if you're oh, looking at the person through your own experience, well, uh, that's, you know, that's okay. left brain. And, you know, you don't really have a feeling for it. You don't have empathy for the person. And empathy is the most important thing in healing. But if you don't bring some logic and some understanding to your empathy, you'll be all in your emotions and you, you won't get it right either. You know, you, you won't have the distance you need to create with that person to see that person clearly. So both, both are really necessary. And uh, it also, you know, when you're centered, your energy goes up. You know, you have more energy. You know, you, you can... Everything that you'll do will have more strength to it because you're centered. You have all of yourself together. You're whole. And that's what we talk about holistic. You know, you know we, when we talk about holistic feel, healing, it's because we also have four dimensions to our being. We have the physical body that everybody knows everything about, you know. And then we have our emotional body, which has a huge influence on our physical body. And then we have our mental body that has a huge influence on the emotional body. And then we have our spiritual body, which has influence on everything, you know. And that's what creates us. That's what allows us to incarnate on, on, on Earth, you know. And that's the, the immortal or eternal aspect of who we are, the soul aspect or spirit aspect. Yeah. And so when you want to really work with somebody, you're looking at all of that. You know, medical ah. science today is only looking at the physical body. It's more and, uh, than the, that. The, the emotional, there's very, very, I think very we made more than understanding that, of what that is in psychology and psychiatry. The, the, oh, it's no, no, very, no, 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 as far as our teachings are concerned, it's very, very primary. It's very retarded. Yeah, it's very limited. Very yeah. limited. Very limited. Mm -hmm. And so they don't, they don't touch the mental aspect and they don't touch the spiritual aspect. So they're not really working on the on the person they're working on his body and so that's why the effects and the healing is so limited in um, western medicine because they're not really treating the body they're not sorry they're not really treating the person they're treating the disease you know, what we're treating is the person's health we're coming out of a place where we want to give optimal health to the person so the disease the person has is very secondary because it's just a manifestation of something else what we want to find is what has caused that and when you treat the root cause then uh, not only does the disease disappear, but you have a better person in front of you. Because that person has learned. You know, it's like a, a bell. You know, it's a bell that's sounding and it's telling you that disease. It's like a bell. Sounding, you've got something to work on. You know, something is not correct in your life. Uh, you, you, it's actually beneficial. Any disease is beneficial because it's telling you what needs to be corrected on your life path or what you have to work on. And so by treating only the physical, uh, you're not getting the benefit of what that bell is telling you. You know, and so you're just turning in a circle you're, you're standing still rather than evolving on your life path and life mission so that's okay. that's you know that's the context with which we work of course uh -huh. uh, western medicine is very very good you know the, the way they treat uh, uh, multi-traumatology you know big accidents you know when they have to really consider uh -huh. the body like a machine and cut it up and put it back together and sew it back together and take it out and fit, you know all that is just perfect, you know we need that too but uh, if we're really going to work with diseases well then, you know, medication is not the best answer because it's going to create side effects, all medication has side effects, which then create the need for more medication, more side effects, and it's a never-ending. And you haven't yes. you There's haven't, a downward spiral. You haven't healed anything. You haven't, you know, you haven't solved anything. So uh, it's a sorry state of affairs right now. And this is why ancestral wisdom is so important, uh, because it's going to bring us back to the origins of what uh, we are as spiritual beings and will allow us to manifest optimal health on all levels on the physical emotional mental and spiritual i've got a question for you because i believe everything i believe in everything that you're stating um what question what part does religion have to play in the i'm going to say mass mind consciousness not knowing the spiritual aspects of themselves or do you feel that it has an impact 
It has a huge impact, but not in the right sense, because all religions have dogma. And so you're supposed to believe uh, something that you need faith to believe, but you can't verify it. So actually, they are tools to control people, just like civilization. It's the same, the system that you see in governments and civilization, which is dominating nature and dominating other people, is the same thing in religion. It's not the same thing as spirituality. Spirituality sets you free. You know, religion makes you a prisoner of that dogma because you, you, you know, all religions will say that they are the only religion, you know, that they've got the truth, which, yeah. you know, is, 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 is hogwash because so, every, yes. every single person has um, some part of the truth and that's their life mission and they'll understand things a bit differently. And so what you need is spirituality because that will, and that's why native, uh, native teachings are so good. Because they don't impose anything on anyone. What they do is create the space in which you will have direct contact with source. And that's powerful. Because then you can really look at your soul as, oh, okay, you know, uh, you have different experiences. What we do is we create the space in which these things happen. And so the person has direct experience. But in a religion, you have to go through a priest and a bishop and a pope. And a, there's a people that are supposed to tell you what that experience is, rather than you having first-hand experience. The, the approach is completely different. Yeah, it's like Victoria's uh, Yeah, and when you have priests that are doing inappropriate things to children, especially young boys, it makes you wonder how people can still follow that belief system, but, you know, to each his own. Um, I want to switch gears for a moment and talk about the crystals. Um, what is the history behind crystal healing? Where does it come from? It's as old as the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, uh, the these are really old. I, I wouldn't be able to see when they started. This is really really old because um, the, the crystals are the flowers of the mineral kingdom. They're the most evolved beings of the mineral kingdom. They're the ones that embody personality. You know, you, you can communicate with the crystal. It's not the same thing as a stone. What you what you recognize as a crystal is when you see a geometrical shape in a mineral substance. You know, if you're looking at a quartz crystal, for example, you you'll see that it has a geometrical form. I should have brought one for this talk to really show you. Um, and these angles and these faces that it has, it, it's manifesting what the molecular structure is made of. Hang on, y'all. You know, <laughs> we doing some oil right now. We got love spell and pineapple. Let's see what that does. You know, that's like a Victoria's Secret. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> that would be so good as a person. But I want to see. Oh, Rebecca, can you pass me my glasses over there right quick? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, Elemental P. Let me know which other one you want to smell. Um, I remember last time we came here, we got, I think it was called Blessed Money or something like that. Oh, Cash Money. Now, this one is my best one right here. Cash Money. Okay, that's the one I was looking at. <laughs> yeah, hang on. Let me put this over here. Okay, y'all. So let me tell y'all what this pineapple is for. She's using it to make candles, though, okay? But the pineapple, huh? This is the one I was looking for. Okay. This one. The pineapple, this oil, is an oil to draw back a lover who has gone. You're supposed to anoint the candle with the oil and place it under the candle. Uh, you're supposed to burn the candle each day for 10 minutes at sunset until your loved one has returned. If your object is a male, use an orange candle. If it is a female, 
Use a pink or red. That's what pineapple for y'all. I'm on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. this is the one I was for sure looking okay, for. Okay, just let me know what size bottle. I'm gonna smell this one. This is the money one we got the first time. And this is the pineapple. Pineapple style. They all smell good. Yeah, just let me know what size bottle you need. Yep, and I'll pour it right on up. Do you have some of the watermelon smell? I have watermelon. Yes, I would like to smell that. That smells just like watermelon. <laughs> Strawberry is a nice smell too. I think, I think I'm going to go with these for it. These are the best ones. Okay. Yeah, no, too good. We got number three. Okay. Hello. Okay, watermelon ain't even in this book. I'm going to look up watermelon. I had another book. I'm going to go with these three right here. Okay, baby. I had another book down here for oil. Oh, yeah, right I thought a whole lot, yeah. <laughs> Tell me what size bottle, boo. No. Huh? What size bottle? The bad one, yeah. Okay. Three days. Okay. Is this real money here? Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's my best one. Yeah, we had that before. The first yeah, time. this one's good. Mm -hmm. What kind of book doesn't have watermelon oil in it? We don't want that oil. We the misfortune. <laughs> Damn. That's to mess somebody up. Well, it say to turn bad situations to good. Which one? Uh, I don't have that oil. I'm just looking in this book because I was trying to find watermelon. Oh, okay. But the name of the oil is called weed of misfortune. Like like if somebody trying to hoodoo you or something, you use this oil to turn a bad situation into a good situation. Okay, you don't have that one. No, okay. we don't have that. Okay, she said if I don't have it. Mm -hmm. What is that, blessed peacock? <laughs> you see it? It's peaches, it's pipe. Oh, peaches. blessed pieces. Oh, Peach. Peach. my glasses in the car. Peach. Peace. Yeah, just um, three of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't afford the other Yeah, three. I think I got my mask upside down. <laughs> I just, no, no. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, I'm do. just throwing it on. Well, that's probably not. At least I can still breathe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she don't want that. Okay. All right, I need a pen. Right here, fine. Cause y'all wanna finish listening to this shit right here. What is crystal is is uh, a geometrically precise organization in space of molecules, and this is what makes it possible to transform and amplify energy. Because anything that goes through a crystal will be either amplified or transformed by this organized structure. They are the most organized beings you know they have one structure and they hold it for eons you know and that structure has an effect that structure transforms every single kind of energy that goes through it 
because of the, the, the order that it has. So uh, as soon as, uh, and they're beautiful, you know, they're, they're fascinating. So when first man, you know, saw his, the first crystals, the first thing he, he does, you know, children that have gifts, for example, that's how you recognize a, a child that has gifts. They're always collecting stones all over the place. <laughs> When you were young, you were collecting yeah, stones, right? All the time, yeah. yeah. I used so, to get yelled at because I'd have so many in my room. <laughs> yeah, all, all people, all young children with gifts, they will start collecting stones because they feel the energy that's there and that that energy uh, will regulate uh, energies. You know, it will, it will teach you something. It's teaching you something about the order of the universe. And so they are very, very, very... Oh, so, you know, it's natural. You know, as a child will do that, well, with eons of elders that are working uh, in healing their communities, well, they get more and more versed in how to use these mineral beings. And so that's where the, the teachings come in. Okay. Um, in the book, folks, he has, um, he talks about 40 important stones and crystals, and there's a full color inset of these stones and crystals. So therefore, when you look at them, you know what you're looking at. If you're, you know, out and about and you see it, you can reference back to it. Um, Blue Eagle, uh, the one thing that caught my eye, well, there's many things that caught my eye, but um, the one thing that caught my eye, I love most of the stones that you um, talk about, and I wear them daily, and you called citrine the coyote stone. Why? Uh, because it plays tricks on people. That's what coyote energy is. It's the trickster. Mm -hmm. uh, there's many, many different faces of the trickster, but in Native American tradition, it's the, um, it's the coyote. And, you know, we are often in our evolution stuck in certain places and sometimes it takes something to jar us out of our patterns. And that's where the tricks come in, you know. And the coyote does that. It, it helps to elevate, uh, to connect to higher levels of vibration and to um, decrystallize uh, and dewind those old patterns that we've become encrusted in. You know, we, we all get these habits and these old patterns that uh, uh, trauma or uh, family or school has imprinted on us and that are hindering our spiritual, mental and emotional growth. And Citrine uh, will start, you know, making that move around so that they can, you know, decrystallize and, and then help you to connect to higher levels of energy. So that's why I'm often by taking tricks on you, you know, in the energy, of course. And uh, that's why we call it the coyote stone. Yeah. Okay, I was like so curious because it's like one of my favorite. And I was like, wow, you know, what's going on here? Um, you work with offerings, smoke offerings and purification. Why? Um, for, to understand that, we have to talk about spiritual practice. Okay. No, a spiritual practice is what um, makes us human beings. Uh, human beings have free will. That means that uh, they're not like the other beings, like animals or plants or minerals. These beings always follow exactly what their life mission is. You know, you don't see a wolf going to take a beer at the tavern. A wolf does what a wolf is supposed to do, you know. And they never deviate from their original, what we call the original instructions. The only beings on earth who can follow something different than their original instructions is human beings. And this is why they require spiritual practice. Because it is through spiritual practice that they will be able to determine what they're supposed to do, not what is right and what is wrong, and have the courage and the discernment to follow that. And so in spiritual practice there, and human beings really need that there's just no other way that you can and in native life in indigenous life uh, spirituality impregnates every aspect of daily life 
Mm-hmm. This is what is very different from civilizations when the uh, spirituality is isolated in very small boxes called churches, you know. <laughs> native, uh, of life all over the planet. I sell a whole lot of that. I sell lots of white As you have to be in harmony so with nature to survive in nature, yeah. every aspect yeah. of your life is Let me put the There's teaching related even to the way you walk. So, and what the spiritual practice is a part of that. And there's three aspects to spiritual practice. And the first one is offerings. Now, offerings is a way of giving thanks. It's what we call prayer, but not prayer to ask for something. It's prayer to give thanks, to uh, give testimony to the thankfulness you have in your heart for being a living, conscious human being, which is a very high level of manifestation. And when you give to the universe, the universe gives back. That's a law. If you want to breathe in, you have to breathe out first. You can't always breathe in. You have to breathe out, and then you can breathe in. That's a law of the universe. So that's that's true in all aspects of things. You know, if you want to have a daytime you have to have nighttime these are basic laws and to be able to to manifest abundance to manifest happiness to manifest uh, spiritual evolution you have to give and then you'll receive it creates magic in your life and there's many many ways of giving offering smoke offering is one of them food offering is another offering dance offering prayer offering offering meditation there's many ways that you can you can offer a sacrifice you know, decide, huh? for example, that, you know, if, if you love eating chocolate, yeah. but you say, okay, for one month, I'll eat chocolate, that. this is my offering. There, there's infinite ways of giving offering. The important thing no, is that the, the motivation behind offerings <laughs> is that <laughs> it manifests <laughs> the world around us to great spirit, to the spirits and everything. Uh, by giving, then you can receive. Okay. Could you talk to us about two things? Um, number one is go a little bit deeper about the smoke offering, because I found that fascinating fascinating in your book and then also the corn flower importance the importance of the corn flower blue eagle okay okay so smoke offerings uh, actually all spiritualities all over the earth all do this you know they have incense in the churches and the spirituality and they can do anywhere in the world where people practice spirituality there's burning offerings you know with make the fragrance smoke and the reason for this is that the, the spirits of the land and the spirits of nature and all kinds of uh, non-corporeal beings, uh, that's what they eat. That's what, that's what inspires them. It's the smell. And also what we say is that the smoke carries our prayers into the spirit realm. It disappears into the air. And so it's carrying our prayers. It's carrying our offerings. And also what it does, is it's a purification. And all all of the religions and spirituality do this. They purify with the smoke. And so we have, and also there's important to understand that there are um, conventions or agreements with the spiritual world, you know, the world of non-corporeal beings, non-physical beings. There's, because mm-hmm. there's a lot more non-corporeal, non-physical than there is physical. Physical, yes. Which is a small part of the world, you know, it's a world that's the last. And so, uh, there are conventions that have been passed between uh, humans, humanity, and the spirit world, and the spirits of nature also, and they recognize certain things. You know, you do you you'll use certain uh, incense, certain burning herbs, and they will recognize. Oh, this is what is being asked, or this is what is being offered. So these conventions, they're they're from time immemorial for 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 millennia, and they work. You know, they, you get definite results when you give offerings in a specific way with the specific herbs. So I hope I have answered your question. Is that what you wanted? You've definitely answered that question. Now, um, in your book, you talk about energizing crystals with running water. Um, tell us more about that and what type of water, okay. if any, shut is up, best. Shut your mouth up. The best is a stream or a river. <laughs> okay, now, Girl. the bay leaves in this book say 
A home which has a bay leaf in each corner of every room is fully protected from ghosts and poltergeist, stuff like that. Like if you see spirits and stuff like that, you just put one leaf in, in four corners. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then uh, it says a person who carries one in their purse or pocket needs to have no fear or either illness or demons. So she's also good too to stop so illness. So it's basically a protection camera. It is definitely for protection and also it's supposed to be for wishes and stuff too. Hang on, let me see if it's in here. I got a Scott Cunningham book too. Bay Leaf. Bay Leaf, it says burn. It says burn a bay leaf with sandalwood incense to break Hector's award off evil spirits. It says burn a bay leaf with vision incense to induce uh, pathetic dreams. But, and then bay leaves, they say bay leaves is best herb for protection. It can be placed in the home or business once a week. You're supposed to sprinkle the leaves on the floor throughout the premises and then sweep out through the front door. But people use bay leaves for protection, mostly protection, but a lot of people also write on their bay leaves. You write your wishes on them. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's somebody particular that you want to be protected, you can write their name on the bay leaf and burn it. Mm -hmm. You know? Okay, well we're gonna give it a Okay, I just you know I'm on my I'm on my podcast and everybody tell me, when you gonna do candles and stuff, so now they hear me reading the book. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm gonna put those in my candle. What they oh yeah, that's good. Yes, mm -hmm. you can put those in your candle. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's it for today. Mm -hmm. Okay, we ready. We'll be back. Oh yeah, I'll be here. Girl, y'all got so many cents in I here. do, and you know what? I have a lot of cents that's not even up there. It depends on what somebody come in and ask for. Or uh, by the side of, this, uh, of the ocean, when the waves will come over and, and go back. It needs running waves. water. If, if you're, uh, Thank you, we appreciate y'all. Uh, if you don't have that, you can use tap water yep. mm -hmm. as long as it's coming from a well. Because they don't like the the chemicals in the city water. Like, you know, like here we have a, a well, so it's coming from the earth water. And so that can be used, but it's better in a stream. So in the winter, I'll do it here in the house. Uh, you know, I'll put them on a piece of wood because I don't want them on anything metal or plastic. And then I'll have the water run over them for you know, a certain amount of time. Uh, but if I go out in nature in the summer, then it's going to be one to two hours. And they love them. That's what really energizes that. Hey, now when you're out, sorry, let me ask this because I'll forget it real quick. If you're out in nature and you put your stones down by the stream, as you talk about in the in the stream, do you ever lose any? I mean, yep, do they mm -hmm. like flow away? And if so, is that, does that mean your time of that stone is done? You have to be careful <laughs> of how you place them in the stream, you know. You can, you know, make a, a small enclosure with other rocks that you find there so that the, if the current, uh, you know, doesn't sweep them away, uh, the one place where you really need to be very careful is the Pacific Ocean. If you're doing it there and you see a big wave coming, you really have to gather, gather them up because there's a, a great goddess in the Pacific Ocean that loves them. So many people have lost their Christmas by a moment of inattention and you see this big wave coming. Well, that would explain it for me. 
because I live right in the middle of the ocean, so that would explain that. In your book, you talk about the eight energy centers, and they kind of align to what Westerners know as the chakras, except for the eighth. Talk to us about the energy centers and in your practice where the eighth center is located between the, what the heart chakra, what I call the heart chakra, the sacral chakra. Well, there's the heart plexus, we always see the middle of the chest, and then you have the solar plexus just below the diaphragm, just below the diaphragm, just under the diaphragm. And between the two, where the sternum ends, you have a little spiritable That's the spiritual plexus. That's where you receive all energy coming from the from outside. That's where that's where you'll put protections with crystals if you need to protection with crystals. We put it there because that's the. Uh, point we call it the point of vulnerability you know there's certain um, martial arts practices in the east in the far east that can teach you how to kill somebody with one it at that specific place because everything is centered there your your soul is attached to that place that's it's a so it's not very often spoken about because it's not as visible on the energy level as the other centers that are really you know round rotating kinds of energy centers and this one is is more discreet if you wish but it's more important than the others because that's the that's your main um, how do I how can I identify that it's like you're, you're attached to divine at that place okay I don't know how to explain it but it would be almost like in some belief system say it's like a silver cord or a silver thread that's attached yeah it, it originates there but it comes out through the solar plexus that that's okay yeah. okay and um you shared a couple of uh, teaching stories. Well, not a couple. You shared quite a few teaching stories um, in your book. Could you just pick one randomly and share it with the folks? I want them to have a flavor for how you actually wrote the book. Tell the stories. Okay. Well, the teaching of uh, um, the respect you have to have for crystals and the communication that exists with the crystals. Uh, we have a tradition that said uh, that says. Uh, that we should never buy a crystal. You know, the crystal either comes to you or you find it in nature or somebody gives it to you. And um, and um, so to explain how this really is real is uh, I was in a teaching, giving a conference on crystal healing in a gigantic uh, health fair, you know, alternative health fair in Germany, uh, Munich it was. And um, uh, these things were, and it was a, a great crystal fad at that time. And I think probably half of the booths there must have had crystals some of them were incredibly big you know the, a whole island of, of tables there and all of them were covered with crystals and uh, so um, i think it was on the second it was four days and on the second i think it was second day uh, i asked there was a, a beautiful young german lady that they had offered me to help me and so she was taking care of the the booth and translating for me when I had to, and so I asked her if I could just you know walk around the whole place to look at all this, and uh, she said yes. And so, um, and there's a one corner of the room uh, where there was about ten or eleven labradorite uh, stones there polished, and one of them just flashed me. I, I had to have this stone. It was like this was calling to me, very powerful. And uh, well, of course, my teaching says I can't buy this. You know? So I tried to play a trick on myself and I'd say, um, the universe gives me the crystal that my hand designates. I could have bought every one of them except that one. <laughs> so that trick didn't work. So, I, but I also recognized that that crystal really needed to come to me, you know, but I couldn't buy it. So I just looked at it and apologized and says, yeah, I would, would love to bring you, but I just can't. Uh, my traditions don't commit. 
And so I just let go, completely let go of all attachment to that person. And next morning, I come into the I was sitting behind my booth, and I saw there was a small box there on the stand. It's not mine. So I opened this box, and there's the crystal. There's that labyrinth right was right there, and I was astounded, astounded. And then that young lady arrives and said, Oh, do you see the gift I gave you? I bought them. I, exp I explained to her, uh, she didn't believe me. At the beginning, she really didn't believe me that that's the stone that I wanted. Oh, the, there was millions of crystals in that place, you know. Mm -hmm. I had to tell her, you know, that's where the booth you took it. That's where the stone was amongst the others. And she had to recognize that, yeah, that, that's exactly the stone. That, you know, I still have that, of course. <laughs> yes, well, you know, if you put your... Stay true to your belief system and put it out there. It'll come to you if it's meant to be. Um, I like that little manifesting story. So... Um, when we go to your websites, ancestralwisdomtoday.com, what are we going to find there? Talk to us about what's offered there for folks. Yeah, that's the beginning, because I have a very elaborate uh, side to that site, which is in French. And we're building up right now the site in English. So there's the first level of crystal teachings there that you can follow online. It's always better to have some kind of on-hand teachings. There's things in the book that... Uh, you know, book is just so limited, you know, because you don't see the person doing the actual gestures and things that you need to do to get your energy flowing and all that. So that's it. Uh -huh. And there's conferences and there's e-books and I've written eight books and three of them have been translated. I think there's three of them there in English because uh -huh. I wrote my books in French uh, first and um, and a few videos uh, and we're building it up actually we're looking to organize a, crystal, a complete crystal course right now because it's we need it more than ever there's problems that are arising in the population right now and the only way to heal it is through the quartz crystal healing uh, protocol and um, we don't know, unless the other way of healing the specific ailment that many people are getting injected with today is uh, very high level healers that work with electromagnetic energy that are able to deactivate the nanobots uh, and these people are extremely rare. Uh, it's very, but uh, there is a way that you know anybody who's ready ready to train for a few months and learn the uh, crystal protocol could be able to do because the crystal acts as an amplifier and makes it possible to do this. Uh, so it's a uh, it's required today that we give that teaching again in English. Uh, this first part is already there in French, but should get uh, in English. Uh, no, is it? Yeah, the first part is there in English, uh, but the second part is not there. So we'd like to uh, organize that. But uh, when I started my teaching career many years back, uh, one of to get permission, one of my elders said, you go where you're invited. Mm. Uh, and that meant I don't organize anything. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not to put myself out there. I have to be invited to do something. So I rely on people organizing my things. Mm. And right now, we don't have anybody that's succeeded in... We had somebody who succeeded in organizing the first part, but mm -hmm. uh, then uh, COVID arrived, and uh, the second part was to be uh, on-site here. And that didn't manifest, so we didn't record mm -hmm. that. No, not yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, we want to do it. I want to do it. It's, it's, uh, it there's a very powerful teaching that, that is really required today. We need to put it out there. Okay. And then when we go to your other site, mm -hmm. eaglesshop.com, what are we going to find there? Okay, well, you'll find all the things that I've created. What is very special is I've created shamanic perfumes. Um, I was often invited into hospitals and prisons to work with Native people. And... Um, in many circumstances, like in intensive care, I could not purify with my smoke offerings. You know, there's oxygen, there's medical personnel, there's closed windows. You can't start burning herbs in that environment. It's just not possible. So 
Uh, oh, and I the pollution to these people that were plugged into all kinds of Ooh. machines was terrible. So it was really hindering my work. So I developed over a two-year oh, research love you too. that <laughs> I went through. It brought me to France to, to visit with perfumers there and brought me to study with people making essential oils. I developed a uh, perfume that did uh, the same thing, only I was astounded to find that it was like 10 times more efficient than our smoke. Oh, wow. Uh, so I decided to put it on the market. And in the process of doing that, there was this one day when I, I asked my perfumer friend, he was a very renowned perfumer in France, I asked him, uh -huh. give me a few, you know, a few um, formulas with natural ingredients so I could test, you know, my, you know, make my, practice my scales, if you wish, you know, to practice my, because I didn't know anything about perfumery, you know, I wanted to, you know, practice it. And he couldn't do it. Oh, I got to use the bathroom. With natural products, he couldn't, you know, most I'll be back, y'all, got to go to the bathroom. So, That's 17 minutes. All your material possessions, they and this is Joe. Else, you know, and you don't come back to the same place. You know, right here. So you play this. Welcome to Enjoying Everyday Life with New York Times bestselling. I'm back, y'all. On today's program, Joyce will be teaching from her series, Unleashing God's Wisdom. On any given day, there can be multiple decisions, all of them needing answers. Whether it's one big decision or many small daily choices, each of us face these dilemmas in life, and it can be overwhelming to confront them alone. But there is hope. God has the answers. And in this series, Joyce will help teach how to receive God's wisdom and guidance for every single day. But before she begins, we have some exciting news to share. Joyce's conference tour is back and starts this weekend. Joyce will be in Phoenix, Arizona on February 18th and 19th. For more details and a complete conference schedule, visit our website, JoyceMeyer.org. We hope to see you there. Now here's Joyce with today's series, Unleashing God's Wisdom. Another guy's giving us a testimony. It's been on television. We'll probably be on again. A wonderful Jewish man. Literally didn't believe in Christ. Shopping in Barnes and Noble, knocked over a table of books, came out of the pile trying to pick him up with my Battlefield of Mind book in his hand. 
turned it over, took a look at me, had an immediate attitude. Started reading a little bit of it, bought it, snuck it in the house so his Jewish wife didn't know he was reading a book by a Christian author. Went out, bought a Bible, snuck it into the house. The funny thing was, was his wife had gotten out an old Bible somebody had given to her, and she was sneaking around reading it too. Now, I can promise you that somebody was praying for those people. And I don't think we even begin to realize how God is moving in our lives. Many times when we think, it was no accident, he knocked that table over and came out with that book in his hand. And it's just such a beautiful story. I don't have time to tell it all, but... They both ended up getting saved. He was able to lead several of his relatives to the Lord. One was like his 90-year-old mother, and she received Christ. And it was so beautiful. And he, she just wouldn't listen, wouldn't pay attention. And finally, some worker there started reading the Bible to her at night. She wouldn't listen to her son, so he just prayed that God would send a worker. She started reading the Bible, and long story short, she finally said to her son, she said, he was there all the time, and we just didn't know. Yeah. Our Messiah was there all the time, and we just didn't know. And now we get to put that on television. It goes all over the world. And how many other people may be drawn in? God has got a plan, and you're part of that plan. And you're not going to do your part if you're going to live in fear of man. All these people that you're concerned about what they think, they're going to think something anyway the first time you don't do what they want you to do. Now, I'm not talking rebellion. I'm not talking not coming under authority. I'm not saying that you can do anything you want to, anytime you want to. What I'm talking about, and the main thing I'm talking about, is you have to follow God. I'm not talking about following your own will. I'm talking about doing what you believe that God is asking you to do. And no person on earth has the authority to take that away from you. I shudder to think maybe how many even sad people are sitting here tonight, or watching by television, and you're thinking, yeah... I think I missed a lot in my life by trying to keep everybody else happy. And here I now am and I'm not happy. But you know what? Then God's got you here tonight for a reason. And it may cause quite a stir when you announce that you're going to be led by the Spirit from now on. But they'll either get in, get out, or get run over. But you've got to go on with God. Amen? All right, let's, let's finish reading 1 John 2, 27. I got myself excited. But as for you, the anointing, the sacred appointment, the unction which you receive from Him abides permanently in you. Not there every now and then, it's permanently in you. So that you have no need that anyone should instruct you. <laughs> but just as his anointing teaches you concerning everything, and is true, and is no falsehood, so you must abide, live in, never depart from him, being rooted in him, knit to him, just as his anointing has taught you to do. Now that doesn't mean that you don't need the gift of teacher in the body of Christ, or you don't need to go to school. That's not the kind of stuff it's talking about. But it's basically talking about the kind of things that I'm talking to you about tonight. When it comes to decision making, and especially for your life, and your family, and the things that God has made you responsible for, there is an anointing that abides on the inside of you, and the Bible says you have no need that anybody else instruct you and tell you what to do. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you for your life. That is your right, your blood-bought, God-given right to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Following the Holy Spirit is one of the number one marks of spiritual maturity. Romans 8.14 says... Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Not just the children of God. We're all children of God. But those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. You know, my children, my sons, my daughters, have liberty in our house that they didn't have when they were two and three and four years old. Because now they know our heart, they know our spirit, and they don't have to be told what to do all the time. 
To be honest, we don't even have to have a word from God about every move we make because largely the more you grow in God, the more you know his will and you know what he likes and what he doesn't like. And it gives you a tremendous liberty and a freedom. You know, I was thinking about the new covenant today. I've actually been doing, reading a book about the covenants, the old covenant, the new covenant. And as I was getting a couple of scriptures ready for tonight, I think I'm pretty convinced that I don't think anybody can probably really appreciate the new covenant as much as they would be able to if they had also lived under the old covenant. Because when you, when you, if you take the time to think about the laws that they were trying to follow, the rules, the regulations, the demands, the shoulds, the oughts, it was tremendous, tremendous pressure. And it wasn't all stuff that God handed down. There were things that God said that people could do and couldn't do. But the Pharisees, the religious people, and they're still around today, the religious people, they took it to another whole level. And they took about 10 commandments and turned them into 2,000 by the time Jesus came. And many times, people can become a law to you. And their expectations and what they want can become a law to you. And you can begin to feel like you have to do those things. But the truth is, you must follow the leadership of God. And that means that you're going to have to confront some situations and just say, that's not what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. And people don't love you if they won't give you the liberty to do that. Let's look at Romans 7, 4. I know that my husband loves me for many reasons, but one of them is because he lets me be free to follow the leadership of God for the call of my life. Dave never came to me and said, well, if you're up in front of all those people, then I'm going to feel belittled. And what about me? He never said that. You know why? He doesn't have to control me because he knows who he is. And I don't, you know, I don't want to be too blunt, but I've only got one chance with this tonight, so I've got to put it out there pretty plain. I believe people who feel like they have to control other people look like they're powerful and strong, but I think they're some of the weakest, most fearful people in the world. And I know because I used to be a manipulator and a controller, and it was all out of fear and insecurities that I had. And even if Dave and I were having a conversation and he didn't agree with me, I would start manipulating him, trying to get him to agree with what I was saying. And it was all because I didn't know who I was in Christ. If you know who you are in Christ, people can disagree with you, and it doesn't bother you at all because... Your opinion is not who you are. It's just your opinion. Otherwise, we can't even have healthy exchange with one another and talk about things. I would just get all upset if he didn't agree with me. And I'd start trying to convince him that I was right and he needed to agree with me. Then all of a sudden, we'd be in this war and I didn't even know what happened. And it took years before God revealed to me. When Dave doesn't agree with you, you feel rejected because you've got a root of rejection in your life. If he rejects your opinion, you feel like you're being rejected because you don't know who you are apart from what you do. And just because he doesn't agree with me doesn't mean I'm wrong. And just because I don't agree with him doesn't mean he's wrong. It just means we're different. Come on, I'm talking to you tonight. If you really know who you are in Christ, you don't have to convince everybody else that you're right. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. and I said, it is really pathetic what we go through just trying to prove we're right. Can I tell you that being right is highly overrated? You guys are looking like a calf at a new gate. Romans 7 verse 4. I wasn't really expecting to have this much energy tonight, but it's cool. I think I got the unction. You know, that's what happens when you step into God's will for your life. It's like another energy comes to you. Some of you might feel better if you were doing what you really like to do. Some of you might have some energy for life if you really wanted to get up and do what you're about to do that day. And I got to go to that stupid meeting again. I don't know how I got trapped into this. I'll be so glad when that dumb thing's over. And I got to go to Mary Jane's birthday party tomorrow because I know how she is. If I don't go, she's going to get mad and upset. Do you know how many thousands upon thousands upon thousands of things like that that people do? 
Now, there are things that we do out of duty. There's things that we do out of kindness. But to be honest, you can even do those things with joy if you're doing them for God. I may go do something I don't want to do, but I do it because I feel like God's telling me I need to do it. So I'm still serving him in doing it. But if I feel like I'm just doing it because somebody's going to get mad if I don't, then they might be better off if I didn't go and let them go ahead and get mad and get over it. Okay, Romans 7, 4 for the 15th time. <laughs> Likewise, my brethren, you have undergone death as to the law through the crucified body of Christ. When he died, he had fulfilled the law and he said it is finished. And he meant that old system of following all the rules and regulations, the shoulds, the oughts, the tyranny of making a mistake was ended. So that now you may belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. How can we bear fruit for God? We're going to follow everybody else but God. Spiritual leaders must be very careful. And, and Christian people must be very careful, I believe, about throwing around the God said word. Especially if you're talking about what something God said to you for you, then that's fine. But if you're trying to tell somebody else what God's saying for them, you have to be very, very careful that it's not just your own will and you're pulling the God card to give it value. Thanks for listening. Learn how to trust God and prepare to face daily challenges with today's offer, Unleashing God's Wisdom Teaching Series and Joyce's book, In Search of Wisdom. This four-teaching CD set and hardcover book on Proverbs is available now for a donation of $35 or more in U.S. funds, and we do accept all major credit cards. You can order today's offer from our website at JoyceMeyer.org, or you can call us toll-free at 1-800-789-0089. Again, the number is 1-800-789-0089. Are you focused on your blessings or are you focused on your problems? You know, whatever you focus on is what becomes bigger in your life. Can God use a simple concept to help us through life's challenges? I've written a book called The Power of Thank You. Such a simple book, such a simple principle, but life changing. Learn to be a grateful person. I believe it's going to add a lot of joy to your life. The Power of Thank You. Order your copy today at JoyceMeyer.org. Thanks again for listening to Enjoying Everyday Life. Our mission here at Joyce Meyer Ministries is simple. Sharing Christ and loving people. Remember, together we can do more. Michigan, this is the story of Ian. I was given a second chance on life when I received a kidney transplant. It allowed me to get back to my daily routine, and then COVID hit. So when I heard about the vaccine, I was so excited to get it so that I could be protected. But I am one of the thousands of Michiganders who is unable to build up immunity. My hope is that everyone can live their lives to the fullest because we are all protected. Find your vaccine at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. You want to keep it real. You know the deal. Keep you up on your It won't be the same. Say what's in who is that? Ladies and gentlemen, you tuned into a new episode of Vice Fuckboy, Favorite Fuckboy, Clint Cody, aka Dallas Dem Sugar, aka the People's Champion, aka the hardest working man in show business, aka Mr. Ironside. Real quick, I'm gonna just start with this. San Diego. It's your turn. All right. February 18th to the 19th. I'm sorry. That's wrong. I got five shows. Not four. Let's hey, y'all. I'll be right back. I'm still making shit. For real, though. Yep. Right. Still I'll making shit. February 18th to the 19th.